This week on The Dialogue Box, we are joined by, I know him as Luno, his real name is Chris, uh, the uh, solo developer that had just got back from the Stugan. What's the name of the game you're developing? I'm the name of the game is called Year in the Trees. Year in the Trees. It's beautiful. It's, uh, I'll admit, I just like two podcasts ago shot on pixel art, so I feel bad about it, but like no, the aesthetic... No, I love the aesthetic. I love the color palette you went with for Year in the Trees. I think it's a beautiful game. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I think everyone uh, everyone who does pixel art is is aware of the divisiveness of yeah. It's definitely uh, not for everyone. So yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I feel like so many people are doing it that it doesn't distinguish your game anymore. I feel like if you go pixel art, you gotta like either you're gonna crush it like Hyperlight Drifter, or you're gonna do something unique. Uh, I almost feel. So many people use it as a cop-out when they can't do good art that it it's indicative of a low-quality game unless you really nail it, do something different. And I think, yeah. like, what, to be fair, what you did with Year in the Trees, all the gifts I've seen of it, like, that's beautiful. You do some beautiful work. Oh, that's, oh, that's high praise because I'm not really an artist first. So part of the pixel art thing is just like... Uh, you know, out of necessity, like it was something I felt like I could succeed at when I started. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's such a range. Like you, you have these two pixel art games. Like one of them is, you know, Owl Boy, and the other one is just some game jam that someone just like it's their first time drawing. So yeah, it's totally. like anything. Yeah, it can be good. It can be awful. That's true. I do feel like. Um, I mean, there's a. The beauty of pixel art, I suppose, is that if it looks truly awful, you can say, well, it was supposed to look awful, it's pixel art. The goal was to make something that, uh, the the goal was to focus on design, the goal was to do this or that, and so in a way it gives you kind of like an out, I suppose. Yeah, um, that can be. I mean, it can, you know, you can have a really tight, great aesthetic game that's just ASCII, like just old roguelikes that have really well-considered ASCII. Okay, really I have to admit. I've not witnessed that. You've I'm sure you're probably it's out there. Yeah, you're probably right, but I haven't personally seen that. What uh, games would you point out? Not to put you immediately on the spot, but sweet, sweet yeah, oh, games. So there's this one that I'm really into called Adam, which is mm -hmm. an acronym that's short for Ancient Demands of Mystery. Ooh. I feel like that game has a really just it's it's just all ASCII characters. It's really just kind of. Just really tight and really just well considered and you know it's just programmer art but the programmer has you know done a pretty good job so pretty game and programmer art are like the opposite yeah, ends the, of the spectrum now it's weird well it's like i think the programmer you know maybe didn't realize that he had this aesthetic sense when he started and mm -hmm. i think the game that he ended up with is actually like pretty i don't know just Something it's got to a soul. It. Yeah. it has soul to it. It's, it's something unique. It's timeless, you know. Like it's stylized. Yeah. Shit, cool. Shit. I mean, I can, I can behind that. So yeah. you're you're not an artist by trade. What is? How did you fall into this? How did you get into this? Uh, so my background is like music. So I studied music in school, and then I also did computer science. And after college, like. I was doing the music stuff for a while, like I was a piano player at this resort hotel for like a year, and then, you know, the money was really bad, and I also worked like seven days a week, so yeah. then I kind of was like, all right, well, I, I did this tech stuff too, like, let's do that instead, so I kind of so, was doing programming after that. Oh, okay, so you you also just had a background because you, you programmed for fun, and so you started programming more? 
Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I studied, uh, I did a double major in music and computer science. Ah, yeah. got it. Okay. I missed that part. That's, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird how many programmers I know that actually do have, um, play an instrument or have some kind of background in music. Yeah, there's some, I don't know, there's some correlation, like maybe studying music and math or something that probably just learning how to learn something and develop a skill. I don't True. Know if they're related, but. I like to truly be good at any instrument that takes a lot of time, which is definitely yeah. the case with programming. I, d I, I mean, I don't even know if that's an innate ability. I guess it is. Like, but it's so mechanical and based on problem solving that you need to learn that it feels like something you need to dedicate yourself to as opposed to obviously you need to dedicate yourself to art or something like that but a lot of people can be born more naturally predisposed to it i don't yeah, know totally. i'm not particularly good at anything so i couldn't really <laughs> <laughs> and i've not tried art couldn't comment but it sounds like you have and it's going together quite well. How's the game? Is the game out? Is the game coming along? <laughs> it's coming along, yeah. It's still early. I'm kind of ramping up to pitching more publishers on them. Ooh. So I'm reaching an early alpha demo that I'm going to pitch with. So after that, I don't think it makes much more sense to work on the game. Like, spending more time on it now isn't going to make the pitch any better. Like, so... I see. So how... Okay, so your process so far was... I, I just want to understand. You started out as um, you're a double major. You're playing piano. That was your passion. You loved doing that. But it was like yeah. a you had a shitty dead end job. And then you got <laughs> so you started programming more to get some money. And then at some point, when did you start working on uh, Year in the Trees? Yeah. Is so, this your first game? Yeah, this is the first like game of game project that has any kind of you know noteworthiness or scale to it. Okay. Um, I've done uh, indie music for like decades now, nearly yeah, probably like 16, 17 years. So I've been doing that since high school, like playing in bands and the genre releasing a record. Indie. Yeah, indie rock, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool, and you, so, uh, so then you started, like how many, how long ago did you start working on Year in the Trees? Just a, I, I you know, like sometimes these things fade in. Oh yeah, like yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. start damn ones. No, I, I started working on it probably about two years ago. So like as a way to learn Unity, I was just kind of goofing around. I was thinking like, oh well, I'm probably gonna have to like, I'll program a bit, I'll make some features, kind of do some small stuff, and then I'll find an artist or someone else, and we'll we'll kind of come up with a project together because probably not good enough to do all by myself. So and I just and kept jamming. You, yeah. Yeah, and then you started like doing programmer art, but your programmer art was kind of like nice. And yeah. No, it's I don't like know. A nice like fall day. I have this. Uh, I have this talk that I've given about like uh, working on creative stuff with a full time day job. Ooh. So like, because all this has been nights and weekends for me. Yeah. So I haven't spent any money on the game until very recently when I went to Sugan. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I had a lot of practice like kind of doing stuff after school and in the talk I had like the slides of like the art at the beginning when I started and then now and it's just like yeah if you just do something for two years every night then mm -hmm. you get better at it so yeah also people think uh it uh, th there's two sides to that there's the I got back from work and now I'm so tired and drained and I don't want to do more work and I yeah. can totally hear that if you're, um, say, like a programmer and your passion project that you're doing at home is some kind of programming thing. Mm, yeah. But I feel like it's, there's also this other thing that happens sometimes where when you're at work, you're like, oh my God, I have so many ideas. And the second I get home, I'm going to do this and that and this and that. And it kind of like gets you really excited. And I find a lot of people quit and then immediately they don't have that thing that's forcing them to be excited. 
Like, and they actually, the second they try to, to just pursue something on their own, they kind of can't. They're like, oh, I don't know how to manage time without, you know, this chunk of my day decided and waiting and getting really hyped and ramped up while I'm at work and then going home to work. No, that's, yeah. different. that's totally, I've, I've totally noticed that. Um, well, I don't know. It was uh, some interesting difference working on the game full time the last few months and then, you know, being back at work now or... Oh, we skipped ahead then. Okay, so you were working part-time, and two months ago, did you you quit specifically to go to the Stugan, or oh, did you no, take no. a sabbatical? Uh, so I'm, I'm still full-time. I've never been half-time, or uh, I've, I've always had the same full-time job for the last few years. But I took a leave of absence, like unpaid two months off, to do Stugans. So now I'm back at work. I'm actually in the office right now on my lunch oh, break. Dude, so. all right. So for so those like, that don't know, what's, what's a Stugan? What's a Stugan? Stugan Sounds like a, a really Swedish, nice pastry. I know that. It's a delicious after-dinner treat that you can... Nice. No, uh, Wait, just, it is? I didn't know that version. <laughs> Let no. me Google this real quick. That's strudel. Uh, oh, I'm aware of strudel. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, the Swedish word for cabin. Uh, and it's a, a games accelerator or incubator program. It's kind of not really either, somewhere in between. So they have a lot of yeah. these like accelerator programs in Sweden, but this one is in particular, it's like two months intensive like you kind of go to this retreat it's sort of like an artist retreat where you go there with other developers who are selected you have to apply and be selected and then you go and you pay for your flight there and then everything else is taken care of for you so your lodging food um, various accommodations and other things like that they pay for all that and you're just there to work and hang out with other developers so william cheer talked about this last week i believe or two weeks ago and i think he um is this paid for by the state or is it entirely covered by the fee that you pay? Uh, no, so yeah, there are other programs where you know there's like these grants and state funding and artist grants and things like that. This one, in particular, it's funded by uh, the founders, which it's uh, Jana and Tommy Palm, and then Oscar Berman. So these are like Swedish games industry veterans who kind of did really well and wanted to kind of get back, so they've started running this program themselves. But they also get other sponsors from the Swedish games industry. So I'm, I'm sure there is some government money in there too. Uh-huh. But uh, mostly it's just kind of uh, their personal accelerator program that, you know. God, I fucking love this industry, man. Yeah, That's it's so, so cool. cool. Like nothing like that could ever happen in America, of course, but. <laughs> hey, we have, uh, I mean, we have way of unofficial stuff. Like we have the Boston, uh, there's the Indie Cabin, for yeah. instance, here in Boston. It's not the same. It's nowhere near as cool. I'm sorry, you're right. No, it's like it's cool because like all I paid for was my flight there. So yeah, damn. Like, they just paid That's for everything. Right. So and you, you, this was something. It was a pretty fierce competition to win this, though, right? Like mm-hmm. not everybody that applied got in, obviously. Yeah, I think they said something like that. There were maybe four hundred applicants or something like that. So they select twenty developers ish. Mm-hmm. So and then you go. Yeah. All right, so you. So, fuck, man! Like, what was that like? You went there. You you got, you won. You must have been super fucking jazzed. <laughs> I won. Jazzed. Yeah, I won. I won the competition. No, I was well, I mean, very you, excited. You, yeah. Yeah, you applied. You got in. Not not many people do. And then you had to take two months off of your life to go live there. Yeah. Did you get a lot done on your game, or was it actually kind of distracting? Yeah, like, what, no, what, it was. What happens there? Like, what do, what do you do? Like, <laughs> why did you even want to go? I I guess is also another question because. I have a sense of yeah. like you've, you've said it's like a incubation accelerator thing, but like, what made you look at it and say, "Oh, oh, I gotta do that"? 
like how yeah, would it totally. help and stuff like that it's sort of i think it, it kind of depends on your situation they 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 kind of do an interesting job of selecting developers at kind of different stages of their career. Mm. So there were some more senior people who had been in AAA and are now indies, and there were other people who were just out of school, really young. Mm -hmm. So there's this wide range of abilities. Um, I think the most interesting thing for me was that the premise is that you go to this like kind of rustic sort of Swedish forest and you're living Actually, it was a ski resort, so I thought it was going to be a little bit more rustic, like we we're going to be like living in cabins, it was going to be really campy, it was like super posh, it was like nice, well-kept apartments that oh, were all... Oh, yeah, no just... tent, like, come on. Yeah, no. I need it a was, shower. It was very comfortable, yeah, it was incredible. Oh, so you had like your own room and shit? Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. like a dorm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so these were like, it was like a hotel, basically, like staying at a hotel. Okay. And, the, um, and the pitch then is... So looking at it as someone that's going to apply to it, the pitch is you don't have to worry about anything else for two months except making your game or working on your game or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and then something, you're... Go ahead. Uh, writer, writers do this a lot, right? Like, they'll go off into a cabin in the woods where there's absolutely no distractions. They'll disconnect themselves from the internet so that they just work and, like, bang out, like, whatever it is they need to bang out. Right? Isn't that yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the premise. Is like that you can be in this ultra-focused environment surrounded by other developers. So a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of the people were small teams, a lot of solo people. So it's it's such a different. If you if you work out of a co-working space, or if you have colleagues, or you're really connected in the indie scene, you have people you're meeting with. Like you know how important that is to have those people around you, getting that feedback, yeah. being able to constantly. What do you think them. of this? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. why a lot of people love co-working spaces and stuff. Absolutely. Yes they're very valuable for that reason so that's kind of one of the things i learned while i was there is like oh shit i need this like all the time oh yeah did so. you get a lot done while you were there yeah i worked like crazy i was working like i mean everyone else you know you kind of could make your own hours so it's sort of up to you to kind of know yourself and know your limits but probably on average i was working like maybe 10 hours a day and then i didn't take any days off so i think i had I had two days off, like, kind of because I was super hungover as we were partying the night before, but other than that... Yeah, like, that was the thing I was a little bit curious about, because I know, like, the, the the cabin we do in Boston, there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of lot of drinking at the lake, and, like, uh, I know I saw, because I started, once I saw you were part of this, I followed Stugan on Twitter, and they were like, yeah, today everybody took the day off to do a game jam. I'm like, this isn't <laughs> yeah, focused right. at all. We did do the game jam, that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, that's the other cool thing about it is you have this, like, really nice, like, work-life balance. Like, it's only possible for me to, like, work these huge long stretches because in the middle of the day, like, I can take, like, half hour to go swim in the lake. Or, like, you just yeah. go on these solo hikes or just go hiking with people or you're just surrounded by this, like, beautiful, like, Swedish forest. And Yeah. No, there's... Yeah. Are you like not supposed to connect to the internet, or is it discarded? No, it's fine. You, you can. I mean, everyone's just on the internet. Need like to, some people right? were something. Yeah, you need to reference yeah. stuff. And, so, yeah, like, what are you? So you get in, you go, all the life things that need to be figured out in between that. But when you get there, day one, what? I mean, is it just introductions? Like, what? What? I suppose. What does day one look like, and then what does an average day look like? because oh, it's two yeah. months that's a little while yeah I mean, day, I mean so you're meeting these new people right like these developers from all across the world so there's mm -hmm. like I can't remember how many countries were represented <coughs> excuse me represented like they had a pretty international set I think the 
it was maybe like nearly 50-50 men and women. So you're just meeting everyone. And uh, luckily, I think our group meshed really well together. Like everyone was cool. But the first like kind of first day, you're just meeting people, setting up your workspace. You, know. you have to do a ropes course. Trust have to do a ropes course. We did trust fall. No, we didn't do any. It's we didn't do any icebreakers. It was just kind of like we just went for it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, so, so what's what's an average day when you're there? Like, what are you doing, like in the day to day, other I than mean, just like because everyone always talks about the like, yeah, we're going for <laughs> we have pies and we were hanging out. And it's like, what does anyone do? Like, what what's get what gets done? Yeah, it's really boring, honestly. Like the average day was like woke up. The meals are at set times, so that kind of like makes you pretty. You know, your schedule is kind of set for you. So mm. get up, go to breakfast. Uh, Usually I would eat breakfast at my desk because like I need to like read the internet for thirty minutes before I do anything in the morning. Uh, it's a bad habit, but I'm the same. So do that, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's being human now. Being human yeah. now is just reading the morning Twitter or whatever. So do that. Uh, eat breakfast. Everyone else would come up there finishing breakfast, and we're just in our workspace together, and then just work, like sit there, just a bunch of nerds oh. on computers. Do you guys have? So when you said you were in your hotels, I thought uh, like you would work in your own room, but you work together in a shared space. Yeah, I didn't mention that. So you stay in these cabins uh, where it's kind of like uh, two people per room, so you have uh-huh. a roommate, but you each have your own room, and then you oh, go cool. travel to this like sort of main building, which I think normally it's like I don't know that there's a an English word for this, but it's kind of like a guest house or like it's like a restaurant slash event. It would be space. like the mess hall in yeah, the mess hall, area. yeah, something yeah. like that. So you Don't go to know. that, and uh, everyone has their. There's a couple different rooms. So there was like a big room with like, I don't know, maybe half the people, and then there were a few smaller rooms. So like, if you needed to have your own room, you could try to take one of the smaller rooms. Then you could also just like, everyone had laptops, so you could just kind of go work downstairs or sit outside in the hammock. Oh. So and yeah, they, they provided all the equipment? They provided monitors, and oh. uh, there was Wi-Fi and Ethernet cables, but the Wi-Fi was, like, a little spotty. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, you just had to bring your own laptop and whatever gear you needed, so... Okay. Well, they're, they're aiming at people that are already doing something, so presumably yes. yeah. you're going to have all your shit already. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there was some famous, like, Tom Francis, I think, was the first time I ever heard about this. He did uh, Gunpoint. Yeah, he worked on point. that one at the Stugan? Heat Signature yeah. was the one who was working on at Stugan, yeah. Oh, Heat Signature was. Okay. Um, yeah, also yeah. Uh, Andrew Schuldeis, the tunic guy. He was there oh, nice. two years ago, I think. That guy okay. was really working cool. On, working on tunic? or Yeah, working on tunic. Mm. Yeah, I know Kate so Gray the, was there as well. Yep, uh, Kate Gray. Just because she was the first person I heard about it because I'd worked with her a few times and then I saw, I'm at this thing. And I thought, fuck is this? Was like, oh sure yeah yeah she was like the the, the host i guess so they, they always they bring in one media person to kind of host and make videos and whoa do social wait a minute stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> chris this could be like, you chris this, this just became relevant to my interests yeah, hang on a minute i didn't realize that was a thing hang on yeah. i can get my life paid for for two months what yeah i'll do that fuck i do that anyway yeah that'd be right your wife is like stugan uh, come on <laughs> Let's go. Here it Let's is. do this. Here he is. Yeah. Right now. Oh, right. I guess you're down here. The most generic yeah. looking guy you could find. Bam. He's right here. <laughs> anyway, so... I'm sure that's how they choose people. They're like, who looks the <laughs> least generic? Yeah, who's the least offensive looking? Let's yeah, well, this guy. Yeah. But, uh, so, <laughs> you're, you're, in, you're in the common working space. What are you 
working on while you're there. It's the game, like, you're just physically working on the game. Is that normal? Like, or is yeah. there people that are working on different aspects of games? Or, like, yeah. what it's not normal to work it's on games, man. Don't work Well, I know that. I've no interviewed one enough developers. <laughs> I've interviewed a l- hundreds of developers over the years, and I've picked up that point. But, like, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh... So, is what you're doing the norm there? Like, everyone is kind of working on a solo project, or is there different things going on? Yeah, there were a lot of solo people there. Uh, there are a few small teams, teams of two or three. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you pitch them on the project you want to work on, and then you're there to work on that project. So, they expect you to, you gotcha. know, you have, like, demo day at the end uh, of the, there's, like, a finale in Stockholm, and some yeah. demo days. So, you need something to show. Uh, you yeah. have a presentation to do so like I think in the Did past they've had people that have kind of worked on you know they haven't been super focused but like they, they really want you to you know you're there they're supporting you you're going to work on your game and have something to show yeah. for you that's amazing did you get a lot of good press out of it do you think like did the press show up to the thing at the end yeah, there was a little bit of press. I did meet some publishers, so that was good. Uh, mostly, I think, for it's, it's for someone like Gwen, I don't think this program would necessarily... I mean, if you're already indie, maybe there's if you're in a situation where it would be like cheaper for you to be there than where you're currently at, it could be nice, but... Anything would be cheaper than Boston. Yeah. There's a reason I live in a basement. Well, <laughs> right. no, London might be more expensive. I'm sorry, Chris. London is a little bit... It, London is... Yeah. This is again. We should both be. We should both be doing student Gwen. You could be working on kind. I could just interview yeah. you again. You we're doing up. this anyway. But like, we don't have say, to pay this. Living in a ma- living in one of these major American cities or in London, honestly, yeah, pretty much anything would be cheaper. I'd, uh, I would. I'd slum it at the Stugan. It sounds great. Yeah. No. Yeah. The. Uh, anyway, uh, more but about I'm, you. I'm sure. If for you specifically, because I know you don't have like a huge community of people, yes, yeah. right? And you don't. So I bet, and and this is your first game, and I bet it was like amazing and fun and pivotal, and and being around other people who can critique your game and and give you feedback constantly, like the constant feedback loop, especially. So, it's if you have to reach out to somebody and be like, hey, I put a build up, can you check it out at some point and give me feedback? That's one thing. Right. Or so if somebody's sitting next to you, you can be like, yo, I just tried a new control scheme. Can you play it real quick? And then they just play it right there, and then you immediately have that feedback. That your your iteration loop is so much faster. Um, no, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, if you're yeah. just kind of, uh, I mean, even if you're Tom Francis, you know, like when he went there, he already had a huge audience from Gunpoint. Uh, yeah. So I mean, there's value in just like if you're solo and you don't you don't have a co-working space. It's, it's like you I said, mean, just being around other developers is really good. Yeah. Like, uh, that's that's a huge part of it, right? Like, because you're right, I'm, a, I'm doing kind solo, but I have a full-time job in video games, and I can just at any point be like, hey, oops. <laughs> yeah. Pl- check, check this out, is this shit? <laughs> or ask questions, especially, like, be, for me, being around other people that are using the Unreal Engine is really, really beneficial, for instance. Just because I can bounce, I, I can be like, I'm stuck. Yeah. And have people help out. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, and also... Uh, it seemed like, um, like just, I don't know, it's more clout for my project. Like, I could say I was accepted oh, yeah. to this thing. Like, it's just so many, so many benefits to, to going if you, even if you're pretty well established, I think. So, like, the, the environment oh, yeah, and the people that I met there, just like that super focused environment where everyone around you is jamming on their project and they're all doing like super cool shit. And you're just like, oh, I really want to. Yeah. 
you know, we had like a playtesting day like every week and it was like, oh, I really got to have something cool to show everyone. So it's very motivating. Oh yeah, that's the best. I find like, so that's something I, I miss about Irrational. It's something I miss about, um, I don't know, like being a, a big studio. I don't know if I want to call it AAA, but when you're at a larger studio and you can uh, surprise people. Yeah. Like that's because when you're at a large studio, you you don't have this thing where you're showing, you're like tweeting out gifts and shit of your work, right? Like you just don't. Everything's under wraps. Like often for years, you won't even announce what you're working on and then you'll announce it and everything that is put out there in front of other people is done by marketing. You're not allowed to do that. And so that fulfillment you get from um, from sharing your work, you don't get that from other people, You get or from like people, customers, you get that from your coworkers. Like at a large studio, you you love surprising your coworkers. You love being like, Psst, yo, hey Grant, check it out, man! Look at what I made. And you know, you you get that that camaraderie from your coworkers rather than I think when you're indie, at least in my experience, you get a lot more of that from like showing off on Twitter and from whatever community you can kind of dig yourself into. And digging yourself into a community is kind of like something you have to aggressively pursue when you're indie, um, because it is super beneficial and you totally miss it when you don't have it at least i did because i used to having co-workers i'm used to the feedback loop the constant you know mm. bouncing ideas off of people and stuff so yeah i'm glad you got a taste of that that's cool yeah, yeah. I, I wish stugan was like always but <laughs> yeah everyone uh well there's the the post uh the post stugan depression that uh you know they warned us about it um, oh yeah, sort of yeah in, the midst, that. in the midst of it now you know like when you just you meet these people and you're strangers for a while and you're kind of like trying to be the best version of yourself and then finally like the kind of the walls come down and you just get to know everyone and then like friendships start deepening and then you have to leave and you've just been in I this feel like super immersive environment and then you bounce. I could keep up like, pretenses so. for two months. I think I could do it. You think you could do it? for years, Gwen. Yeah, take a... Yeah, still on the whole front. This is all just a facade. Yeah, you uh, wait. Especially because you, I know I like so I got like ten hours of keeping up a front for two months. All right, I think I could do it ten hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the people there were like kind of introverted too. So like, as game developers tend to be. So like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think the the shocking thing for most people is how incredibly boring the vast majority of the day is. Most of the time, most of the days, most of the time, it's just like. We're real boring people. We yeah, sit a lot. You just sit at your computer and just that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's a lot of sitting. It's a lot of real boring bullshit. But uh, it's a lot of sitting, like been... a lot of thinking. Like you're programming. It's like typing isn't the bottleneck. You're not even typing. You're not even you're just like trying to understand <laughs> something. That's like eighty percent of my time. It's like trying to understand yeah. something. Every now and then I catch myself on. Like uh, when I'm streaming, and I'll realize I'm just like making one of those faces. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, you just the, like the, that far away look, <laughs> the sad look. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a little too real. It's so real. It's hard. That's one of the reasons why I don't like streaming certain things. It's just like it's just gonna be me staring off dazed. Yeah. But yeah. Like, oh, uh, Chris, cool. you got it. That was it. Nailed it. Oh, right then, while I was doing. Right yeah, then, you were doing it. I was yeah, going to say, the far away gaze. The far away gaze. I'm used to that. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, I don't know, you're, you're, because I host stages and stuff, and a bunch of them you do for the whole day. I've said this a million times, but you, you get to like Sunday of a PAX, 
and you're interviewing someone and you realize while they're talking to you about whatever it is you're interviewing them about you've not been listening you've not been thinking about it you're thinking like i'm probably gonna go for dinner tonight like because it's the last night so we're probably gonna go somewhere really good that would be nice so uh, maybe we get steak we normally get steak on the last night or you'd like a steak and then you realize you're sitting on a stage being broadcast to twitch of people standing around watching and someone's just like yeah so now i'm wrapping up what i'm saying but you wasn't listening and i'm like hmm great so what were the graphical influences <laughs> pull out stock question out of the thing <laughs> man i've given interviews on autopilot like where where you're thinking about something else usually food same thing yeah like i'm tired yeah and i'm thinking I'm really about food because the day's almost over <laughs> and they're asking questions and i'm just replying and it occurs to me, I'm like, oh, fuck, I have paid no attention to the words that I've said. <laughs> like, at all. Like, I'm not, I've actually managed to autopilot a conversation for an interview. Just because you answer the same questions so much. Oh, God. Uh, but if you're not paying attention, you'll start, like, saying the same sentence a couple times. Yeah, that you know can I mean? happen. That can happen. Or I can get someone's <laughs> name wrong. Sorry, That's... Chris Light and I are having a moment. You'll oh, be there God. soon when you're showing this off, man. Yeah. No, no. Oh. It's like you get your pitch and you're just there's a certain kind of turn of phrase you tend to use to describe something. And it's just like you've given it so many times that like it's just easier to do that than invent some novel way of saying it. So you just, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like to change a, cu- a couple words each time just to keep it fresh. <laughs> to change one word. You'd be surprised. Yeah, I change up two words every time, and by the end of the day, the the conversations drifted slightly. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you, she uh, let's get back to you. Yeah, I was gonna say, in terms of like guest. fatigue and stuff like that, as we were just discussing, I, I, how was that while you were at Stugan? Because it's a really relaxing environment, and you're technically doing exactly what you want to do. But like you said, you only took like two days off. So did you? Did you get to the end of it and you were like, fuck, that holiday was really <laughs> tiring. <laughs> or was it? Or did you come back yeah. refreshed and, like, how was that? Man, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I wrote this, like, super long blog post, but, like, I can't even... It's just, like, that was, like, a time that just, you know, it's just crystallized, you, like, in the past. Like, I, I can't even think about it. Like You can't think about what happened at what point? It's all just part yeah, of the Stugan? Stugan is just a period of time? Yeah, I mean, like, because, you know, I was just working on the game all the time, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel burned out yet, hopefully, so I think it was good, like... It's cool. I don't know. I'm, what was the question, man? Like, I don't even... <laughs> I just I lost it. I'm sorry. So I'm going to go with, wanna... you are tired now. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the takeaway. Yeah. I want to I wanna talk to you about publishers. So oh, you've yeah. decided... Mm. When did you decide you were going to go with a publisher? I mean, Smart I don't choice. know, I haven't, you I guess, uh, well, yeah, I haven't, I don't have a deal or anything like that, but, uh, oh, but I'm, I'm interested but, yeah. in talking to publishers, yeah. When you started making, um, so when you started making this, you were uh, a year in the trees, you were, did you intend to make it entirely yourself and release it on itch? What was your intention initially? And at what point did you think, oh, I want to like blow this up to something bigger? And yeah. was it when you got into Stugan that you were like, this is real or... Was no, it? Yeah, it was before then. Uh, I think when I started, I wasn't really sure what I was doing, and I, I wanted to do something that like I could do, start to finish by myself, so that like, it's just less risky, I guess. The the game. Of course. I would never like. There are other projects where you see it like they have to scuttle the project because the artist left, or they mm-hmm. ran out of money. But this way, like, well, at least I can always just do it nights and weekends as I have been doing. So it seems pretty safe. I don't have to spend any savings. I don't have to take any risks. It's just mm-hmm. something I can do. I've always wanted to do it. 
And then, you know, as I got more serious about it, and then especially after Stugan, I was thinking about, like, well, is there a way I could do this half-time? Like, could I, could I get a, like, part-time job and do it half-time? Do I have a plan to bootstrap to some kind of early access? So now I, I've thought about that a little bit more, especially after talking to... One of the things that Stugan does is they bring in mentors from the industry. So you get to mm-hmm. pitch your game to those people and have them play it and get kind of, like, industry feedback, more biz dev kind of stuff. So... Mm-hmm. My plan now is like the game is like these four seasons of survival kind of fantasy RPG gameplay. Hmm. So I'm going to kind of do them as chapters and kind of the first milestone is just like pitching, raising some funds to do the first chapter, maybe half time or full time. And then I'll release that as early access. And if that goes well, we could do more. But so you what made you decide? So you decided I want to work on this part time or full time. I want to make this my yeah. At what point did you decide? Um, I because at some point you either didn't consider Kickstarter. Or oh no, I've, I've considered it. It's just it's I don't know. If no, I do a Kickstarter don't. and it fails, it looks really bad. So Kickstarter is kind of like a last resort for me, I guess. Maybe, Maybe. I would consider it, but I've seen people get funded from failed Kickstarters through oh, really? by publishers. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's a way of sometimes people kickstart just to get noticed. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think right. you need to do that since you have Stugan. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, my audience is, like, not super big, so that, that could be That would be, be my answer, worry, yeah, with Kickstarter, like, where does yeah. the media attention come from? It, it changes your relationship. Like, if you think you have a strong chance of going with a publisher uh, up front, then I wouldn't, and, and you want that, then I wouldn't go with Kickstarter, because it does, It, it do, if you fail, then it does let the publisher know you're kind of on the ropes. But right. But on the flip side of that, yeah, on the flip side of that, I've seen the other thing where uh, publishers specifically like in China and other places will reach out to Kickstarters that they've seen have failed Mm. um, and offer funding and through that, that's, it's a way. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Just because like, it's a way of getting your game out there to, to, and noticed by a large number of, uh, some people troll that stuff, basically. Yeah, it seems like Kickstarter is, is as a marketing stunt is like a little bit more specious now in, in 2018. Like the press is, it's not novel or cool to get funded on Kickstarter. Yeah. It's not exciting. You're not going to get a lot of coverage. It's kind of like if you have a big audience, you can take them to Kickstarter and do presale yeah. basically. But mm-hmm. it's it's like only the outliers blow up and, and get you know a huge amount of money. So I, w- I would consider it, but it's so much extra work. Yeah, Only it if, is a lot of work. Yeah, if I can't find a good deal, uh, maybe I would I would consider doing it. But hmm. all right. Yeah. So you're you're going with the publisher, uh, or you're Hopefully. looking for a publisher? Yeah. yeah, I've talked to a few people, so nothing mm-hmm. nothing set in stone yet. But uh, I basically just need to finish the sort of first look demo that's a little bit more polished to to send to people. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the next next milestone. I'm hoping to finish that. Have months. you thought about how many hours you've put into the game so far? Or, like, man days, roughly? Yeah, I and, have. Okay. Because yeah. my, my other fear would be that you put in... You took on all the risk. You made something cool. Uh-huh. You have, you proved that it's cool. You took it to Stugan. And now, say, if you go to a publisher and they give you money and they expect 70% uh, mm-hmm. of the revenue, I'd be a little bit sad, right? <laughs> yeah, Because well, a lot of... So like the, it, I mean it depends on the split and stuff, but you kind of like you know this. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you're right. Like, 
it would be nice to at the end of the game be able to say like yeah this like see all those pixels like i put every one of those fuckers there by hand like this is my project that i that want too. to start to finish that would feel great to be able to say that but so far like yeah i think i've spent probably the equivalent of of a year full-time on it maybe maybe not it's really hard to tell what the part-time uh, yeah after being a student and being back like i've noticed like it's so much harder to work on things I need to work on in my free time. I can only work on the things that I'm excited to work on. Whereas a student, yes. I could do the things that needed to get done because like this is blocking people in the playtest. I don't want to work on it, but it needs to be done. So that yeah. was much easier full time. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I haven't spent any money on it yet. It's been pretty low risk for me. So uh, I think working with a publisher has the benefit of like, oh, well, you know, if they have the right, if, they, if it's a good enough fit, like they have an audience for the kind of game I'm making already, that could be a huge like boon to marketing. And then also right. the, the funding, uh, splitting the risk with someone else and not just blowing my savings on this wild and fanciful <laughs> project would be good. Yeah, so. well you haven't, do you, uh, I, another thing that kind of came up there is it sounds like you're thinking about hiring people oh. to help out. Yeah, I think maybe. Uh, maybe. I think there are some places for contractors like sound design or QA or possibly mm -hmm. the right game designer or level designer could be really, really good. So yeah, I've I know these it, are advantages with publishers as well. Like, again, just because I work with Devolver, it's my only knowledge of publishers. But um, mm -hmm. they will like connect you to people that they know that can help with things and stuff like that. So. Yeah, doesn't yeah, seem like no, a bad path. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, there are other other projects that I've I've looked at where it was a solo developer. They cut a deal with the publisher. The publisher connects them to their favorite artist, and now they're mm -hmm. uh, like a, a good example of this is uh, Atomic Crops, which is like a pixel art game that Raw Fury is just publishing. Mm. Raw, Raw, Raw Fury is one of the publishers that I talked to uh, in Stockholm. Yes, right. they're based cool. in Sweden. Yeah, it's, I think they'd be a really good fit for the game. So, um, but they—it's a similar situation. They had a solo developer who pitched them on this game, and they thought it was cool, so they want to work with them. And then, basically, they were just like, "Well, who do you? What artist do you want? We should—we should bring out an artist. Like, we can mm -hmm. get you. We'll see. Like, just who do you think is cool? We'll reach out to them." And they just made it happen. So, it's pretty cool. Wow. Oh shit. Yeah. They already did that? Yeah, like the artist is, uh, I think the they're developer... They're like, we'll connect you to the artist. We're not sure we're going to pay you so that you can pay them yet, but we'll insure you. Oh, no, uh, not oh, me. Not this this, uh, yeah, yeah. This oh, that's game. for the other game. My bad. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> got it, yeah. That would be that would be really weird if they just like, oh, yeah, we're not going to... Yeah, I don't we'll know. pay we'll that artist, we're not going to pay you. Like, it's, yeah. Or no, not even that, but like, you're going to pay him, right? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, God. yeah. But uh, oh, cool. I can't remember the artist's name. To Toby Dixon, the guy who did the Nidhogg 2. Oh, and a lot of people, they felt like, oh, Nidhogg 2, the art style is wrong. It's not as like economical and, and you know whatever as the original. But that guy is like an amazing animator. It's so juicy and so fluid. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, pretty Groovy, cool. Man. Nice man. Uh, yeah, it's it sounds like Stugan definitely. I mean, it sounds like it was definitely a positive thing for you. Like, oh yeah, it's an incredibly positive experience. Yeah, and I did want to. Uh, I will s give a shout out because right before you left for Stugan, you recorded a bass track for Kind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was happening, man. Like that my was, audio. <laughs> dude, that was the last thing I. That was like 
just before packing, I, like three hours, I, I recorded that. Oh, yeah, shit. my my musician cuts in touch with me. He's like, oh, by the way, I need you to put in this new... I, I just cleaned this up. You Do you know Luno from Twitch? He was uh, hanging out in your chat, and I just started talking to him, and and he's decided to do the bass track for your game. Is he oh, going to use that? You. Oh, it's in. Really? Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. I'll get you a key. You can play. <sighs> That's awesome. I haven't played this damn win. game yet. God damn it. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> got it now. Yeah. Oh, that That's was so awesome, cool, man. man. Thanks. I, I was worried it wasn't going to be good enough for, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm a, I, I play upright bass, but, like, that's not my primary instrument, so mm. I was worried the intonation might be a little wonky or something, but I don't, I don't know. My she wouldn't even know. makes the calls yeah. on the music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm tone no, dumb. Tone <laughs> would be Would be about where it is. I love musicians. I love music, but I'm bad at, like, picking the part. What's, oh, God, you should hear me try to give direction to music. Like, it's... <laughs> It's not what I want, and I don't know why. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's the worst like client. Mitchell's so patient. Trying to... Yeah. 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 I, I know that uh, just from my wife being an artist, and you get the clients that are like, can you make it so it's, like, brighter and better? Like, All right, yeah, cool. I'll just, go and, yeah, I'll just go and do that. Any specific things you want me to do? <laughs> uh, it's... It's all of it. like I remember I was describing the game to him, and he's like, "I think what we need to do is have blues for the game." And I was like, "No, it's not a sad game." <laughs> and he's like trying to break down. Blues doesn't mean sad. I'm like, I really don't think this is a good idea. And he writes this. <laughs> he writes the music, and I'm like, "Oh, I love it. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's good. Whatever. I don't know anything. This is why I work with you." Uh, yeah. yeah. But nice. hey, I I think we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, of course. Chris. Thanks for having me. This is a such such a pleasure to to be on the show. I'm, I'm a big fan of the the dialogue box in oh, general. So. <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah. a, I'm a big fan of uh, your Twitch streams as well, man. Uh, Shit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. We should talk about Twitch streams. <laughs> Which. <laughs> All right. Come back next time. We'll talk about we'll talk about streaming and if it is actually good or bad for game developers. Yeah. Uh, or, I don't know. We'll come up with something. We're all streamers here. It's something true. Like yeah, Gwen, nice. I believe you have a signature line that you normally say I at the do. end of these well, shows. We would like to thank... I think you should, everybody, follow Lunoland on Twitter. That is Chris's handle. And you can hear all about... Or he will be tweeting all about his game, A Year in the Trees. This has been Chris Slight. Chris, I don't know his last name. Smith. And Gwen Frey. Christmas, and you've been in the dialogue box. Was that the worst ending? Do you want me to do it again? <laughs>